to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome or welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. So pleased that you could join us today for what no doubt is going to be a compelling and helpful conversation about youth residentials. I'll explain more about that in just a minute. But before I do, I wanted to take a moment to invite you and your young people to Limitless One on the 11th of February. Limitless One is a youth event that happens in eight locations in England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales, all at the same time. It's an opportunity for you to take your young people uh, to a location uh, reasonably near to you, I hope, <laughs> with those eight locations uh, in play for, for an evening of, of, of community and worship and teaching and ministry. It starts at 6 p.m. on the 11th of Feb across all of those venues. And it's only £5 entry and you can still get tickets for that at limitlesselim.co.uk forward slash one. That's limitlesselim.co.uk forward slash one. You can even get tickets on the door, but some venues do sell out so it's better to get them in advance if you can. We're really looking forward to Limitless One on the 11th of February, and I would love to see you and your young people there. Somebody else who's going to be at Limitless One is the one, the only, Andrew Hancock. Andy, welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. It is a privilege. It's been a little while, but it is a joy to be back. And I am going to be at Limitless One. I'm going to be running the Midlands one. I'll probably be running around with a headset on, trying to look important, but I'm very, very excited about Limitless One. Yeah, and for the first time this year, Andy, we're going to actually be doing a, a, a live broadcast from your venue across all eight venues, aren't we? To really bring that feel of like one event. We talk about how it's like uh, eight locations, one event, one limitless family. And we, we're going to be doing that from your venue to really bring that feel yeah. to it. Yeah, wait, wait to single out. If it goes wrong, it's Andy Hancock's fault. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. You heard it. You heard it here first. This guy, this guy is the one to blame. Okay, uh, <laughs> Andy. Well, Andy is the associate pastor at, at Life Central in uh, Helzoen. He has been the youth pastor there at that church. He has been the next gen pastor in that church, overseeing children's youth and young adults he's uh, been uh, he's worked for youth for christ also for a period of time and is uh, on on the limitless team on our limitless directional team part of our our leadership for limitless and um andy uh, perhaps most spectacularly of all you are the one and only three-time returning guest to the limitless leadership podcast so how do you feel about that today I feel like you should be handing me a ball that you signed. That's my hat trick ball. That I should oh, get yeah, like a, a podcast hat trick ball. That'd yeah. be good, wouldn't it? It, w- it would be good. But I'm, it's an honor. I'm not going to do I'm, it, but it's. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm an honor, mate. You must have really scraped the barrel to have me three times. <laughs> lots of people must be saying no for you to book me three times. <laughs> no, Andy. It's because of your great wisdom and insight and experience. Of course, of course, uh, and. Uh, no greater wisdom and insight do you have than, uh, well, actually, probably there are some other topics on which you have greater wisdom and insight, but you do have great wisdom and insight on this topic that we're talking about today, which is youth residentials, taking our young people away. So so we're talking about that youth weekend away, where we go away uh, with our young people for a weekend and have you know time of community with them and input into their lives and prayer and ministry and all that stuff. We're talking about the 
the big summer event, the Limitless Festival, the, the, the camping event, and we know the impact uh, that that can have on the lives of young people. We're talking about the missions trip even, where we might look to take our young people overseas and experience a different culture and bless uh, another community. But we know that what happens in those spaces is our young people are blessed abundantly in return. Andy, you've done, I'm sure, more youth ministry residentials in one form or another than you can count. I mean, do you know Do you know how many times you would have done this? Do you know, I was just doing some quick maths in my head. I mean, when I worked for Youth of Christ, I used to be in charge of Fort Rocky, that we would do we would do 12 weekends away per year. Um, okay, and so, wow. And I did that role for three years, so there's, there's 36. And then in my 10 years as a youth pastor, there was a time where we were doing three a year, um, so that's another 30. It, and then, you know, extra ones that I've been on. So it's possibly somewhere around 75 uh, <laughs> residential trips I've been on, which is terrible. In fact, when I was leaving Fort Rocky, um, the 2011 census, we've just had the 2021 census, um, the 2011 census happened, and it said, um, have you stayed at a location for more than 30 nights in the last year? If so, give that address. And I realised, I did the maths, and I should have put the Pioneer Centre in Clibbury Mortimer down as my second address for that year, because I was away at the Pioneer Centre that much in the previous wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So you've done a youth, a youth residential or two, is, is the moral of the story. So yeah. <laughs> so hopefully you know what you're talking about when it, <laughs> when it, comes, to, when it comes to this topic. Um, Andy, we, we know if we've ever experienced or if we've ever done... Uh, a youth residential or, or or even if we're we're thinking about it uh there's one thing that's common to all of them whether it's a youth weekend away whether it is uh, a limitless festival type you know camping of, uh event in the summer whether it's an overseas mission trip um they all require an awful lot of work it's an awful lot of hard work mm. pulling it together it's an awful lot of hard work usually with very little sleep during the residential itself so andy why do it? Why is it worth the effort? Why is it worth the lack of sleep? Why, why are these residentials important? Um, I mean, the, the biggest thing, research shows that you can do up to six months' value of relationship building in one weekend away. Um, wow. And so, so for me, residentials are just an accelerator of yeah. relationship. And and, and we, we will all have experienced that. And Jesus knew it himself. Like, when... You know, the Bible talks about Jesus and the disciples went from this place to that place, and it sounds like they jumped in the car and, you know, it was a 45-minute journey or what. It could have been, you know, three or five days of walking and talking and investment and building and yeah. and, and that sense of, of relationship. It's just a massive accelerator of it. And, and so for that reason alone, it is so worth it. And, and you know, I still chat to young people who are now in their mid-20s which makes me feel really old and they still reflect on memories wow. from times where we went away to summer festival together where we went away for the weekend and, and and all of these things and it's just such a memory builder when when i used to run fort rocky which was a residential weekend for 11 to 14 year olds and youth groups would come um, and the youth leaders would bring their young people and um, our, we had three aims really it was to give them the best weekend of their year. Um, so it was like create memories for them. It was build yeah. better relationships. You know, you're sharing a room with your mates, you're sharing a tent with your mates, you, 
you you know you you're having breakfast you're having every meal together you're building those relationships yeah um, and then the third one was help you take your next step in your relationship with uh, and towards jesus and that sense of when you when you get away from the from the daily distractions when you get away from the right my mum and dad are picking me up in in half an hour and i've got to do my homework when i get home and you get away from all of that it allows you to focus in really yeah. and, and get a real sense of momentum and, and and humanity just loves it we're naturally wired for these moments you know for for thousands of years people have gone on pilgrimages and i always laugh when i watch i'm a celebrity because um you watch i'm a celeb and you see these celebs chatting to each other and it's towards the end of it it feels like a mission trip because <laughs> the, honestly you've got you've got these people who've who've lived in filth for two weeks and have had these like adverse experiences together that have brought them together as a group and it's like i've had that on mission trips when i've gone away with other adults and and at the end of it they're all like yeah we'll keep in touch and we'll be best friends and and these relationships form because it's an intense bond and experience and it's like when you you know, when you take your young people to a limitless festival, you know, you're you're sleeping in rubbish conditions in a tent, which you may felt face adverse experiences yeah. and, re- and, yeah. and eat rubbish food and eat pot noodles for for five days and actually it builds something within you. It's why why, you know, a rites of passage for young adults is going away on holiday and going abroad with their friends for the first time because it's that that sense of, of shared experience. And yeah. so there's loads of reasons why I think I think for me as a, as a youth pastor, it's a real moment of reaping, and it's yeah. a real mountain top moment where, you know, you, you do the grind, you do every Wednesday or you do every Sunday or Friday night, whatever it is that your weekly activity is. You do those moments, and it, it can feel like you you just you just knocking knocking away at the door and nothing's happening, and then suddenly there's a moment on a weekend away there's a moment of festival and yeah and i always roll my eyes when young people get baptized and they say and you know everything changed for me at limitless festival <laughs> i roll my eyes because i'm like no it didn't this all came to a head at limitless festival but like i'm like but that's the point there's those moments to help young people you you do the faithful service yeah. week in week out and then all of a sudden on a on a residential trip there's an acceleration and, and yeah, they get right. it. There's an aha moment. There's a yeah. moment of revelation, a moment of encounter. It's a mountaintop moment. And suddenly you as a youth leader go, oh, it's so worth it. And all that stress about making making a trip happen, all that stress of week in, week out, yeah. this is what it's about. And so yeah. it's as much for the young people as it is for you. Yeah, no, it's, 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 so, it's so true. And like, you know, you mentioned it was stressful. And this summer was amazing like I've never quite seen anything like it. We had 480 young people make a decision to follow Jesus for the first time. But what I'm so aware of is that didn't happen because we did limitless festival and we gave the opportunity for people to respond to the gospel. That was a small part of it. It happened because of, you know, those youth leaders listening to this, who just investing in their young people week after week after week after week um seeing incremental change sometimes feeling like they're taking you know three steps forward two steps back or three steps forward and four steps back sometimes 
But that consistent investment, when you go away on that residential and you have the focus away from the distractions and the time, just as you said, all of that stuff just can begin to bear fruit in those spaces. Uh, I think it's a really good point. Although I do just want to say, um, if your mission strip does look like I'm a celeb, you're probably not doing it right and you might lose your DBS. So. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, Andy, you've you really envisioned us there and, you know, you know how fruitful these 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 times can be and um how positive they can be for for our young people and how transformative they can be for our groups um so let's try and get practical for a minute what are the first steps we should take what are the what are the practical things that we should really be thinking about as we come to thinking about you know taking our young people away yeah i think i think if you don't, if you don't take your young people away, consider that you should at some yeah. point. Um, don't plan for that to be next month. Like plan way in advance, yeah, um, yeah. and that would be the first thing that I would say is plan earlier. The earlier, the better. That's why we do the limitless year in the way that we do. Is we yeah. want it to be a rhythm. We want it to be the summer. We've got limitless one in February. They're deliberately six months apart That's because right, yeah. you know it's twice a year. Um, and, and we were we were doing that, and, and what that helps is it helps you in your planning, um, mm. so that you can look at your year and look at hey, I've got a bit of space there. I could we could do something there, or you know, you, you're not just going oh let's let's do it Easter weekend, and it's always chaotic around Easter. You know what I mean? Let's do it at the beginning of December. Don't do it at the beginning of December. You fool. Do it in a time where <laughs> it's like gonna gonna work. But also, if you plan early. You can get the date out to parents and yeah. carers, get it in their diary. Um, and you will be amazed at how quickly places book up um, for like residential places. They book up quickly more than a year in advance. Right. Um, yeah. And so and so the quicker that you can move, the better. Um, places for things like Limitless Festival are cheaper the earlier that you book. Yeah. And so if you move quickly, you help all of your families parents to financially plan and get the cheapest tickets yeah secured and, and so which is really travel. important right now isn't it as we go through this cost of living crisis and if you get you know your your residentials or your summer festivals or your mission trip or whatever it is booked in early then you could then can create a payment plan as well can't you for your uh parents and guardians so rather than like you need to give us like 200 pounds now or whatever it is it's or you could give us X amount per month over the next eight months, which makes it much yeah. more manageable for a family, especially if that family has two or three or even four kids um, and it can yeah. become quite costly. They want to invest in their children, if particularly if they're Christian parents, but sometimes costs can be prohibitive. So for us as youth leaders, you're right, the earlier we can do it, the more helpful it is for those families. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we um, when I was youth pastor, we were doing a youth weekend away and we were doing Limitless Festival. And so at the start of the academic year in September, I would launch, you can pay for both residentials on a payment plan. And so it would be, That's I can't remember idea. the cost, but let's say it was 250 all in for the two events. Then I would say like, you could pay, every three months you could pay X amount and it was something like 60 quid or something. And it really broke down the payments. And it meant then for me, I was, I was hitting the end of January 
knowing I had 20 to 25 young people booked in for the summer festival already. Yeah. And I'd secured those cheaper tickets on the, on the super, super duper early rate um, <laughs> at Limitless Festival. And, uh, and getting that booked in, it helps you financially. It helps you plan yeah. what you're going to do. And, and, and it helps you to be proactive in that. And it also, getting, getting ahead of the game early gets in your leader's diaries. Um, yeah. Don't just assume that your leaders are going to drop everything and be able to come. Loads of them will have work patterns. You might have work patterns and shift patterns to work around as well. The earlier that you can do that and get that annual leave booked in, get that time in your weekend, get your leaders to have conversations with their spouse and families to arrange childcare, all that stuff, the earlier that you can move, the better, and the more it will enhance what you're trying to do. Yeah, um, And Andy, you you talk about your your leaders there and like your, your team who might be part of your youth ministry from week to week. But the other thing that comes with these residentials is that you need certain people who might not usually be on your team to help as well. So for example, you might need some extra drivers. For example, you might need a cook, particularly for for a limitless festival or a summer camp where you're not at like a residential center or something like that. Um, You you might need a few extra leaders in terms of your ratios, perhaps. Um, So particularly thinking about who you need and being able to make those asks far enough in advance means you can get the people who might be able to cook or might be able to drive to get it into their diaries nice and far in advance and not book in their family holiday over that week of Limits Festival or whatever it is. And again, it just really helps you, doesn't it, with your whole team to get it, get it, be thinking about it ahead of time. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's a big deal to to say, can you come and camp in a field for a week and cook for 20 teenagers, please? Yeah. Like, that's that's not an easy ask. And, no. and so getting in, getting in there ahead of the game um, uh, and and doing that is is absolutely crucial. I think Andy, when you're thinking well, about well, well, just while we're on this, because I, I know you've got uh, you know other really important things to make in, in in terms of other points to make in terms of the practical stuff, but I, I have to say that one of um, focusing now, um, particularly on the on the summer festival, though this is the case for some youth weekends away as well. If your food isn't being provided by the venue you go to, which can often be the case, the catering thing. That is one of the questions that we got asked about the most in the build-up to Limitless Festival this year is how do we do uh, the catering? And we put together um, this resource called The Boring Bits, um, which, um, in fact, I'll put a link to that in in the show notes as well, because that's a really helpful resource that does a lot of the groundwork for you in terms of your risk assessments and your medical and your forms and your consent. Um, But it also had like a catering plan in there as well. But people felt really stumped by that. Like, how am I going to cater for this youth group of 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 uh, in a field, you know, in the, in the middle of Stafford? Could you just give us your insight on how you've done that and the things you've learned? So I'm talking, Andy, about the people that you would need, the equipment that you would need, the kind of food that's worth, because I just know this is one that really stumps people. So give us as much like of the gory detail as you can about how to do yeah. that catering piece. I mean, the, the first thing I would say is get the right people in place. So get people that that, that obviously can cook. And I, I had people that could cook and I tried to get them with the same skill set that they could be almost like the camp practical person, the camp caretaker, that they would be able to mend tents and stuff like that. Um, get, get them in place and um, make sure that they are people that you work with well. 
Mm. Um, because you don't want to be at odds with them the whole week and, and frustrated by them because that yeah. makes a really tiring week for you. Um, but I delegated off that as much as I could. Um, I delegated the responsibility of that um, because I wanted to be able to focus on the relationship building aspect yeah. of the week. Yeah. And yeah. so I didn't want to be you know, in a response time at the end of a session looking at the watch going, I need to get back and get the soup on. Like, exactly. I was, yeah. I was going... You guys might get in the meeting, but you might not because you might be making sandwiches. But I need to be in the meeting because that's that's my role. And so yeah. delegating that off was really, really key. And it was worth having to pay the ticket price for them. Um, yeah. We we um, we hired a marquee, uh, which we did again for uh, Limitless Festival in the summer. Um, it's worth it's worth saying, Andy, isn't it, that y- yours would be a larger youth group. Yeah, so we're talking so, somewhere yeah. between twenty-five. It varies between twenty-five to fifty young people that we would we would bring yeah. along. So, um, so, 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 um, yeah, go for it and do all the stuff that you brought because some of this stuff could be obviously downscaled a little bit for 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 those yeah. who because you know, for example, um, if you've got a group of ten, you might just bring a gazebo and you might not need to hire a marquee. But you know what I mean. So, but carry on. Carry on. Yeah, so we, 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 we hired a, a marquee that a company comes in and sets up for you. Um, uh, and that means we've got like a solid building almost that doesn't blow away in the wind. Um, and then that's kind of like our, our, our catering tent, for want of a better phrase, that our cooks would, would, would cook and prepare. We, would, we pay for electricity hookups so that we, yeah. bring, a little, we bring a little fridge. Uh, I think we bring a little urn. Um, what we did this year and what we've done actually lots of times before is our cooks um, cooked in advance throws it all um, and then brought a couple of days first frozen with them and then because we aren't that far from Stafford and I was coming up halfway through the week I brought the rest of the frozen food and so it wasn't that they were preparing loads of food on site they were just thawing it and cooking it and um, even if you couldn't do that you, you know, even if you couldn't do quite that far because you're coming down, you know, you're, you're eight hours away or something, uh, you, you could still do a good chunk of the preparation in advance just to minimise that time, you know, required on site, couldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And we, we roped our young people into, into contributing to that. Yeah. Um, so our young people were all in teams. They were on preparation teams, so they might need to chop or help cook. Um, or they would definitely help with the washing up so that it wasn't all um, down to down to one or two people. Um, we would say to young people, uh, part of the packing list for uh, the summer was bring a camping chair. Um, so every young person had a camping chair with them. Good idea. Um, so again, that wasn't us having to provide that. That was young people bringing it with them. And we would always bring a couple of spares because there's always that one kid that forgets everything. Um, and so we would, we would do that. Um, yeah, we, we would do everything that we could to make it a a comfortable but valuable experience, but also just to leverage that relationship building yeah. um, with them. Uh, and, and set, I would set my stall out really, really um, early on about food-wise, because one of the things that drives me mad on re- residential weekends is young people who are picky eaters and who <laughs> refuse to eat. Um because I've had too many times where a young person's gone, I don't like that, I don't like that, refuse to eat lunch. And then by four o'clock, they're in the first day because they've fainted because yeah. they haven't eaten enough. And so 
like I mean I was pretty militant as a, as a youth pastor <laughs> and so I would say you are eating you need to eat lunch if you don't eat lunch you will have to stay with me or another youth leader for the entire afternoon because we are responsible for your well-being whilst on site and the very quickly at the thought of spending the entire afternoon <laughs> with me and i used to say i used to say and i'm planning to have a half an hour nap this afternoon and you will have to sit outside my tent whilst i nap like, <laughs> and the thought of that you know suddenly young people didn't have such a preference about their food anymore yeah. um, and so I, I would be really militant on that because food is so so important and it's so yeah. important to yeah to the experience of the week that young people are taking on that stuff. And, yeah. you know, we know the impact that food can have on mental health and physical health. Absolutely. So right. for me, I was a bit brutal with it, Yeah, but it was from a point of duty of care for, for the young people. That being said though, it is obviously important to put, you know, genuine dietary requirements rather than preferences onto your consent form so that whoever's cooking for you knows that, you know, you've got uh, someone who's gluten-free or dairy-free or whatever it might might be and you know making sure that though those genuine needs are catered for of course yeah absolutely absolutely just just on on um just on like planning in advance and booking stuff in and costings and stuff yeah tra- travel cost was always the thing that caught me out um and always the thing that that caught me off guard because yeah. it's always a little bit more expensive than you think it's going to be um, yeah. and particularly yeah now with rising fuel costs and stuff um again this this works uh, for us for festival because we're within and we're about an hour away from stafford but um we will we always now try and book our weekends away that are within 45 minutes of yeah. of hell's Owen because what that means is we're not spending hours and hours on a coach and spending hundreds and hundreds of pounds on a coach journey. Yeah. But it means we can ask parents to help us out with lifts. Yeah, or good idea. Ask people within the church. And most of the time, you know, we we um, we would ask people and say, we can we can give a donation towards fuel costs. Most people within the church went, don't worry about it. And so suddenly, yeah. like on our last weekend the way that, that I ran, our, our travel costs were virtually zero because of the generosity of the people in the church yeah. that I asked, could you give young people a lift? I'm asking for an hour and a half of your time on a Friday night. Could you transport four teenagers um, or three teenagers and a youth leader for, for DBS purposes yeah. and, and get them get them across? And, and most people gave it out of the goodness of their heart, which was, which was amazing. Yeah, it's a good idea. It's a good idea. What other, what other practical considerations are there, Andy, things that we need to be thinking out? Yeah, um, for, for me, it's don't build everything on you, um, particularly if you're running a youth weekend. You know, um, for me, the diff- big difference between a youth weekend away and coming to a festival is at the youth weekend away, every, everything was run by us and our team. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was it was an intense, you know, pedal to the metal, no stopping weekend for us as a team. When when you come to festival, it's it's tiring, but like my, I view my responsibilities are I've got to I've got to get them there safely, keep them alive while they're there, and get them home safely, mm-hmm. and pass them along that journey and, and and build those relationships. But the beauty is, once you get to festival, so much of it is provided. Um, but at festival, I would not be in charge of the food or the setting up of tents and, and the kind of maintaining that stuff. I tried to delegate that stuff out. I would delegate, you know, knowing the young people that are 
um, you know, perhaps a little bit more challenge. And I would ask certainly, does can you be that young person's key person for that for this week? I would um, rotate out the night duty to make sure young people aren't aren't up all night and share that out amongst the team. Because yeah. one year I think I ended up awake till midnight, half past midnight every single night while we were at festival, and it just it knackered me. Um, and so, so delegating those things off on a on a weekend away, like. One, we used to go to the Pioneer Centre in Calibri quite a lot. And what I loved about that is part of the package was we would get activities and so they would go and do the climbing and all that stuff. And it was it was six hours of the weekend that I didn't have to plan and cater for, that it was yeah. just there and it was done by the staff. And that was a massive kind of bit of breathing yeah. space. I would delegate stuff out to my team and say, we're going to do, you know, we're going to do tribe wars. Can you and this person oversee that? So I knew it was delegated. Um, uh, yeah, and um, I came to you know, one of your youth weekends away, Andy, and you got me to do all the talks, so you didn't even have to do that. Happy days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and sometimes on, on a weekend away, it, it is good to get a guest speaker in. And, and yeah, get that absolutely. Fresh, yeah, fresh it was great. It was great. Um, so other things I delegated off as things like room allocations and liaison with the centre, like it doesn't all have to go, go through you. And I think if we've learned anything in the last two years of COVID, at any point somebody could drop out ill. Um, yeah. And so I don't want to build a youth weekend away that suddenly if I'm if I'm puking my guts up at, at three o'clock on a Friday afternoon, yeah. it's all there ready for somebody to step yeah. in and, t- and take take my place. Yeah. Um, in terms of the practicalities of, a, of an actual weekend or a week, I think you've got to be thorough. I'm, I'm yeah. wired. I'm wired for control uh, and for all the feeling of control. And that may make me sound like a control freak, and may, maybe I am. Um, but for me, I go into these things going, I want to control what I can control. So I cannot control the weather, but I'm going to be prepared for whatever weather comes our way. Yeah, it's good, yeah. I cannot control how young people will behave or, cho- or what mood young people will choose to be in. But I can control the, the rules and the guidelines and the discipline around that. I can remove things that might might distract them. And so mm. um, I remember one year we took our, our 10 to 13-year-olds away for the weekend. And I'd done Fort Rocky for years, which was 11 to 14's weekend. And I'd always known um, for 11 to 14's, it needs to be nonstop. If they have any, any moment... You, 11 to 14 year olds aren't good with being bored. And so what happens is they all fall apart and realize they're tired if they stop. So don't let them stop. Just wait wait till they go home and let the parents deal with that. Yeah, yeah, basically. (laughs) Um, And the one year I left, I left an hour, I left an hour after tea until the, the Saturday night session, I left one hour gap and thought, we'll give them a breather. Honestly, it's the worst hour of a residential I've ever had in my entire life. We, we literally, in that hour, did not have enough leaders on site to deal with the amount of incidents that were happening at, at the time. It was like, honestly, just a massive meltdown like, went through <laughs> the, the, the young people. Young people want to go home. Young people were falling out. Young people were breaking each other's things. Like you know six or seven young people in tears like it was an absolute nightmare and so so now i'm like that's the slot that's the slot that i'm gonna put so when we came to build the next week year, uh, years uh, weekend away it was like right that after tea slot they they finished their dessert and 
bang, they're into an activity. And, and that's where we put in tribe wars and, and got them running around the sports hall and got them in, engaged in an activity because we knew that was a dip. And we didn't we didn't want that dip to steal from what God might want to do in the, yeah. in the Saturday evening session. Yeah. Yeah, and burning off a bit of energy before they come and sit and, you know, engage in their teaching and all yeah. that kind of stuff as well. So, yeah. yeah, good idea. Yeah. I would say come, come with a plan for your first night. First night sleeping is always a nightmare. They're always excited. It doesn't matter what time of day you arrive. They're always excited to be sharing a room, sharing a tent with their mates. Have some sort of plan in place of how you're going to manage them being asleep. And Because, uh, again, for me, I was I was a bit brutal and a bit strict on this, but but for me, I'm I'm there at festival for, for the main sessions. And so I don't want young people falling asleep in the main sessions. And so... Right, yeah. I, I will fight with them at midnight, not because I'm a, I'm a grumpy old so-and-so, because I'm fighting for your, for your journey with Jesus. I'm fighting for you to be awake to take your next step. Yeah. You can't take your next step if you're too tired to, to be yeah. awake in the meeting. And so, and so I would do battle at, you know, at five to midnight, telling young people to be quiet, you know, dealing with that so that I could, we can reap the benefits of, you know, 10.30 the next day when, they, when they're in the worship session. And so, so I would be clear on those kind of rules. I would have a plan for the first night. And, and you know, in fact, on the first night of festival, I would say to all of our team, we're all on night duty tonight because it's going to be tr- tricky. Um, and then we would ease off. And then maybe the last night we would put everybody on as well because the last night of festival, young people go, oh, it's the last night. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> Which I did as a teenager, do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, which I'm sure yeah. you're shocked at. And, no, um, but we we would have we would have really clear rules as well, um, and I would lay that out at the start of the week. And so I would, when we would arrive at festival or arrive at OE weekend there, I would lay out, hey, we're gonna have an amazing time, but these are the rules, these are the guidelines, this is what I need to speak to you. And I, you know, I remember the first time we came to Life Central, uh, sorry, Limitless Festival. And, um, you know, Dan, who's from Life Central, is, is, you know, in the Limitless Band. People know who Laura and I are. And I said to our young people, look, this is the first time we're here. People know who Life Central are because of me, Laura and Dan. People know who we are. I was like, let's, let's make this a better festival because we're here. And not a we're here so it's going to be better, but let's bless the festival. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Let's. Let's bring the noise in worship. Let's be there. Let's bring the enthusiasm. You're setting the culture. Bring the... Setting the culture with yes. the young people. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so, I would look to set the culture. Let's be all in in worship. And so, I would set cultural values to say when when it's standing up for worship, we're all standing up unless you've got a medical reason not to. Like nobody misses the main sessions because that's what we're here for. When when the talk is on, you're sitting up. Nobody lies down in our group um, because. I say, because if I lie down in the session, I will fall asleep. And if I'm going to, you're going to too. And so I would lay those those rules down. I would lay yeah. down a, a send and home procedure. Thankfully, I yeah. never have to do it. But I would say, like, right, you'll, you'll get a warning. And then you'll get a second warning, after which I will phone your parents or carers and say, just so you know, we've had to give Tim a, war, a, a second warning that because of this, 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 and this. Um, if I have to give him another one, then I'll have to call you and ask him to come and collect them. Um, uh, and, and I used to say to our young people, you will sit opposite me while I call your parents. And then I will say, I'm just going to hand the phone to them. 
and then you will speak to your parents. That's how it will go down. <laughs> um, thankfully, I never had to do that, which was great because I yeah. laid it out really early on, yeah. uh, and I laid out, you know, these are the things that will get you a warning. And and again, it felt so miserable and, and feel so and horrible. But it actually made the, the experience a much better. hundred oh, percent. Because journey. the reality that we that we don't like to confess, particularly you know in the secular age is that we thrive on boundaries. We thrive mm. when we know what the expectations are and where the limits are. And what I love about what you've described there is, is this. One thing you can guarantee about residential is that something will go wrong. <laughs> some, something will happen. There'll be some behavioral issue or relational issue or, you know, some, some tent will leak or, you know, Somebody will forget something or, you know, there will be something. There's always, there's always something. There's always something. But what you've done there in laying these things out, these procedures, you know, these rules, the culture is that even for yourself, you've, you, before that thing happens, you already know how you're going to deal with it in Mm -hmm. in most cases. And so you're taking, uh, uh, well, you're minimizing the chance of, 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 of things going wrong, firstly, but you're also reducing the stress level that you will feel when they do. Uh, so I think it's really helpful, really insightful, Andy. Yeah, really good. Yeah. I've never had an incident-free, like, residential. I just no. don't think it's, it's possible. No, you're not what? going away with a group of young people and, you know, it's just, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. It's par yeah. for the course, as they say, isn't it? It, yeah. it absolutely is. And so, like, I, um, we're, we're setting our gap here, guys, uh, this term to read Crazy Love by Francis Chan. Um, and, and I was thinking about it this morning um, for something else I was doing. Um, and he says this, and I just find it fascinating. We, 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 we lean towards safety as a culture. Um, and he says this in one of his chapters. He says, haven't we all prayed the following prayer? Lord, we pray for safety as we travel. We ask that no one gets hurt on this trip. Please keep everyone safe until we return and bring us back safely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The exact wording may vary a bit, but that is the standard prayer we recite before leaving on mission trips, retreats, vacations, and business trips. We are consumed by safety, obsessed with it, actually. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to pray for God's protection. But I am questioning how we've made safety our highest priority. And I'm not by any stretch saying, don't keep your young people safe. <laughs> it comes to it now. We've elevated safety and things going to plan to the neglect of whatever is God's best. Whatever yeah. would bring God the most glory or whatever would accomplish his purposes in our lives and in the world. Would you be willing to pray this prayer? God, bring me closer to you during this trip, whatever it takes. And I just think that's really brave and yeah. really like it's counter my mindset because I'm like everything's going to run to this plan, but actually, can I can I surrender the the plan of the youth weekend? And this is not an excuse to be negligent in the way that you were. Yes. Do you know yes. what I mean? This is not an excuse to not be thorough. I will I will plan every last detail and make sure that you know every base is covered and try and look for all the vulnerabilities in a weekend. I will do all of that. But to surrender it and say, God, whatever you want, yeah. whatever you think is best, I want to follow it. And so when a when a massive flood happens at Limitless, it's not ideal. It was no. a nightmare that year. <laughs> it was really hard work. It really like, certainly oh, was. <laughs> okay, God, what are you doing in it? And it's these like 
I talk about with with residentials, it's it's finding ways to have mega fun and mega moments. So yeah. mega fun, it's doing the things that you wouldn't do in your week to week. It's doing the the colour run, it's doing the foam party, it's doing the climb and wall, the abseiling, it's the the canoeing in a river, whatever it is. It's doing those mega moments, uh, mega fun, but also it's it's carving out those mega moments where young people can really meet with Jesus. And so at Fort Rocky, our standard practice was Saturday night was a gospel message and we would give young people an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. You know, in running youth weekends away within a church context, it would be that. Then we would do things like responding to be filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. It would be, you know, seeking out where's God calling you in your life. Those mega moments, mm. the moments where I felt called into ministry, where we're at these kind of events, yeah. the moments yeah. where I yeah. said, God, we're wherever you call me, wherever, you know, wherever you want me to go, I will go, that I said those prayers at, at events. And so they, they're those those mega moments. And just because things don't go to plan, it doesn't mean those mega moments can't happen. Um, yeah, just really quickly, um, when I was leading Fort Rocky, um, we had one weekend where we had um, a group of lads that were a little bit troublesome. And on the Saturday afternoon, a youth leader came to me and said, um, one of my young people have had their phone taken out of their bedroom, um, and it had definitely been taken out of their bedroom. We were the only group on site, and so like I was figuring out with my team what it, what we needed to do, and um, it just so we basically came and don't ask me how, but we came to this. We need to search every single room to find this phone um, because it had definitely been taken, and so. I had to, just so happened to have two people on the team that were qualified doormen or bouncers or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> who were qualified to search people's belongings and had their that? certification with them. It was crazy. And so we, we, we had what was known as the, um, the Fort Rocky lockdown in folklore now, where basically all of the young people came to the main venue on the Saturday night. And I said, right, this is the deal. A phone has been broken, uh, stolen. We need to take you to your room and search your belongings because we need to find this phone. And it was horrible. And it was a two-hour process. It was awful. And sat there going, what, what, what is this? How am I going to tell these young people the gospel now? Mm. Anyway, we found the phone. We, we resolved it. We, we figured it out. Um, and about an hour and a half late in the program, we started the Saturday evening session. I'm praying backstage while they're playing some sort of messy game. And I just felt God say, trust me. Don't do your normal talk. Just trust me. And so I stepped out from the spirit. I had no idea what I was going to say that night. And God just fed me story, Bible, passage. It was honestly the most, I think the most on a stage I've ever felt led by Jesus in, in terms of just total no clue what I was going to say. But God, God just fed me bit after bit. And it was one of the most profound responses to the gospel that we've ever had. And so for me, that, that sense of, oh, it all went wrong, but actually it all went so right. Yeah, it's and good. I, it's good. And I, I think it meant, it, this might be like me, you know, making it a little bit more sexy, but I think the person that took the phone actually responded to the gospel that night as well. And so, and so that sense of there may be, moments where it all goes wrong and things don't don't go to plan trust that god can still move and yeah. god's still in it all yeah um yeah absolutely right yeah and it's yeah really good really 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 helpful uh, let me ask you then 
um, specifically about, I was thinking specific, rather than the, the, the kind of summer festival thing where, you know, there are sessions to go to and a lot of that's planned for you. You, you spoke about how the main distinction between say the youth weekend away uh, and the summer festival is that you, you've got to bring the content together. How would you go about doing that? How, how would you build a, how would you build a, like a ministry program for your young people? Um, we tended to do around about five main sessions. So we would do on a weekend away, we would do Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and maybe Sunday afternoon, depending on when we have to leave. And so I would build the weekend around that slot. And yeah. we would also have like a, a workshops like slash seminar slot in there to, to do some stuff that you wouldn't do in a main session. Um, and those kind of, hour to an hour and a half sessions where um some fun some games like your limitless sessions essentially but but you know a, a, a lower budget version and so there would be an element of worship um and then there would be a talk and i think i would i would always pray into what the theme is um, yeah, and, yeah. and seek god on on a theme what are you saying to our young people what is it that you want to say to our young people uh, as we go away this this year what's a What's a message? What's you know? What's a theme? And um, I would really seek seek those things out and to build build the teaching program around that. Sometimes I would take um, take some content from a series that's already been done and, and apply that. Like you know, I, I would I would do that and build that. I would always build in um, some, a chance for, to get young people on the platform. Um, it's mm-hmm. a really great opportunity. So we. Um, deliberately, like we did at Limitless Festival, uh, we would do some pre-worship talks. So I would, yeah. ahead of time, ask ask five young people, can you lead us into worship? Can you do two minutes, just maybe a little Bible reference and a little story that just gets everybody ready to worship? Or can we interview you and do comfy chair um, uh, uh, and that kind of thing? Just, mm. you know, take, yeah. take the yeah. example of what you see at Limitless Festival and make it work for, you, for your yeah. group. Um, yeah. uh, and and allow that space for ministry and allow that time and space um, for for God to move that, you know, that you're responsive to that and, and you're listening to what the Spirit might want to say to young people and and knowing your group, know, know the demographic of your group, you know, you, you know your young people better than I do and so building that programme of where you think they're at and, you know, whether, whether they, they can handle a heavily discipleship based one or maybe you've got 70 percent of your young people haven't yet made the decision to follow jesus then that's yeah. going to impact the content yeah. do you know yeah. what i mean yeah. don't do a study of leviticus if you've got all young people that <laughs> you know never heard of jesus like and so and so i would build that i think what what um what i was going to say to last but i'm going to say here is like in numbers in num- in the book of numbers in, in three in numbers three it kind of sets out uh, the people that were responsible for carrying the the moving the stuff around in, in the in the wilderness, the the tabernacle, and um, there was a group of people that were responsible for the poles. There was a group of people responsible for the tent, and there was a group of people responsible for the furniture. Um, and like I heard somebody talk about this and say, you know, your poles are your structure. It's your this is the weekend. This is where we're going. This is how we're getting there. You know, mm. this is the food. This is the thing that holds everything up. And then, then your 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 tent is almost like your systems. 
and how's it, how, what's the what's the experience going to be? How do people book on? Um, mm. All of that kind of stuff. What's the atmosphere? What's the vibe? What's the fun stuff? And then the furniture is almost like the spiritual activity. How are you going to how are you going to populate what's in the tent? Yeah. Once people are yeah. there, what are you going to put in there? Mm. And interestingly, the group of people that were are responsible for the furniture, number seven, it says that that they weren't provided carts because they had to carry carry the furniture on their shoulders. Mm. And actually, the, the the person I heard talk about this say, you know, if these are the spiritual things, then we can't afford to put other mechanisms in place. We have to carry the spiritual things on our shoulders. Mm. Uh, and for for you as the youth pastor, the youth leaders, you've got to carry the spiritual weight because no one else can. And so, even if you get a guest speaker, yeah, you are still carrying the spiritual weight yeah. for the weekend. Yeah. yeah, you you cannot delegate that off, and so. And so for me, it would be the carrying the spiritual weight looks like, you know, praying in advance. It looks like, um, you know, seeking what God might want to say to young people, even if you're not speaking. While, while, you know, Tim, while you were speaking at our youth weekend, I would sit there going, God, what are you saying? What are yeah. you saying to our young people? Asking the Spirit of God to speak. And, you know, it would be, we would, we would try and set out a day of fasting in advance and I'd yeah. invite my youth team to fast and say, yeah, Hey, we're working really hard. And what we would do is we would have a, we would have a, here's, here's all the practicalities of what you need to know ahead of the weekend. And I would dish out the jobs and stuff. And we would do that, you know, a couple of weeks in advance. Mm. And I'd say, but on that day, let's fast, let's come together, let's pray. And we'll do all the business stuff as well. And that sense of, Hey, we're carrying the spiritual weight of this and of seeking God. And so, mm. But don't shortcut. And even, you know, when you come to festival, it is, Tim, it's your responsibility to carry the spiritual weight of the of the festival. But, but, you know, me bringing young people, it's my responsibility to carry the spiritual weight of what happens in the life of, good, of our so, youth group. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and so for me, it's not like, oh, I'll get them there and then I just sit back and chill. Like, get in amongst it, be amongst your young people. The times I love the most of festival is when it's absolute bedlam and there's you know there's there's bodies everywhere because there's been a ministry time and I'm just <laughs> I'm just stood there just seeking out God what are you doing what are you saying where where do you need me to be what what who do you need me to pray for who do you need me to get alongside to and explain and that's the spiritual stuff that you just cannot afford to delegate and so make sure that there's ways to do that that's why I delegated the food and all that stuff it sounds like I'm being lazy but I'm not I'm going, hey, what can I yeah. delegate? Yeah. What can I give away? Because there's certain things I can't afford to. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. It's 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 like the apostles, isn't it? When they when they said, Hey, look, we're we're giving a lot of our, our our time here to the distribution of the finances and the caring for the widows, but what we need to be giving our attention to is the word of God and prayer. So let's appoint some deacons who can look after that stuff so we can give our attention to that and that's what you're describing there is essentially appointing some temporary deacons (laughs) to make sure that practical stuff is going to run so you can give your attention to ensuring that uh you're you're keeping in step with the spirit and and keeping the whole thing you know uh on god's agenda absolutely yeah andy uh this is so so helpful um one thing that i i really want to ask you uh is this we we know and have experienced and you've described how these residential times, you know, whether it is the weekend away or the festival or the mission trip or whatever it is, they, they tend to have a really profound impact on the lives of our young people. And very often 
they'll come home from that, you know, you know, with, you know, fire in their bellies and, you know, ready, you know, ready to serve Jesus and ready to tell their friends about God. Um, but we've all seen and experienced that thing where over time it kind of gradually begins to fade and, and diminish. So I want to ask you, how do we maximize the impact of the residential once we get home and young people return to everyday life in amongst their friendship groups, back at school, not having that focus, you know, undistracted time away with the Lord, meeting with him in that sense. How do we ensure that um, the, the impact is, is not only significant, but it's, but it's lasting? Mm, it's really good. It's really difficult. Um, and, and I think the first thing I would say is Jesus didn't have 100% success rate in this because he, <laughs> yeah. he, took, he took a group of young people away and one of them stabbed them in the back. Um, and so if Jesus isn't going to have 100% success rate, then, then you're not going to either. Yeah, so be kind yeah. to yourself yeah, in that. Um, yeah. I would say find, find language um, that you can pick up at the use of the, the weekend away or you know the trip that you can then use again when you're back in your in your weekly context um, and so one weekend our, our theme was the chase and and i think the bottom line of the weekend was you know we're all chasing after lots of things but how do we chase after the most important thing something like that it was it was better than that um, but then, then <laughs> that when we, when we, yeah when we when we got back in the weeks and the months after uh, I would start to use that language and say, because remember, guys, we all chase after loads of things, but we, we're trying to chase after the most important thing here. And like bring some of that language in that just, again, begins to ground the mountaintop experience because, you know, the, the, the transfiguration in the gospel, you know, yeah. the disciples are like, let's let's stay here. And actually they go down and they meet the needs of the people. Yeah. And so and so it's equipping your young people to to step into that calling. And so it's it's challenging them to, to you know, we often would our last our last session would always be how do you how do you carry this on? How do you build into this? And so yeah, yeah like, so getting them I to self reflect on that and yeah 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 that's good. And so yeah. like when we when we had the theme of the chase, it was like well how do you continue the chase? How do you, how do you chase a home? And so it was like you know trying to build in those spiritual practices. Um, it yeah. would be um, we would have moments of sign up so. Like for us, a big, you know, some of the big factors are baptism, serving on a team. Yeah. And so at the actual weekend away, we would say, if you want to sign up to be on a team and you don't yet serve in the kids' ministry or the car park or whatever, or on production or worship, sign up today. Before you yeah. leave the weekend away, sign up and then we can chase it up. And then, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not the be all and end all that a young person is on a team or that they're, getting baptized but they're all factors in yeah in the case the like serving you know it's a spiritual practice it's part of, of the way of jesus but the other thing that it does is it gets those young people around other jesus followers and we all know the people who we surround ourselves with have a huge impact on who we're becoming and that's what it does doesn't it it puts them into proximity with people who have been following Jesus for a bit longer than them. And that's just another bit of input into their life that can help them follow Jesus, you know, in the yeah. in the ordinary mundanity of day-to-day -day life, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the, the final thing I would say around this would be partner with parents and carers. Like, yeah. 
we are we can be so arrogant to think that the the you know the the spiritual development of of young people relies solely on the paid youth worker or the point youth work worker of a church or you know that that kind of thing hey you're the parents of your young people are the most significant impact on on your young people yeah. and so right. find ways particularly it, you know it's it's a different ball game when you've got christian young people whose parents aren't christians yes. that's where i think i think you should pile in and be a spiritual parent to those young yeah. people that don't yeah. have parents who are yeah. following jesus but you know let's equip our christian parents to to effectively disciple their own children yeah. and so, could you could you could you anchor that a bit for us andy like because i 100 percent agree it's absolutely paramount but we don't always quite know how to do that what are the ways mm-hmm. what are some of the ways that you found have been effective in just helping your pet your parents and carers as they disciple their kids um i um i have previously uh sent on email here's here's the topics that we're looking at this weekend here's some of the talk outlines so you've got an idea of what you can create conversation around as they get home oh and andy spoke about that i um would share pictures on our on social media um, and in our church facebook group not that you know obviously following the safeguarding guidelines but share those stories of what god's been doing um maybe a couple of days later send an email to, to parents saying hey just want to let you know we saw this happen and this happened. Maybe ask, you know, some of our leaders and say, can you just catch that young person's parents and just follow up and let them know God was at work in the life of their child and, and try and share some of that because, you know, I know the parents go, oh, did you have a nice time at Limitless? And they're like, yeah, it was good. Yeah. 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 And, and, <laughs> and then the conversation ends there. So, so trying to almost equip parents with questions and content and stuff that you can you can ask your, your your child or young person. One thing that I never did, but I always wanted to do, um, was something that um, was shared in a, in a book called Sticky Faith. Um, and it's like, how do you build a faith that lasts in young people? Um, and there's this whole chapter about partnering with parents. Um, and it suggests that um, on the, on the, off the back of a weekend away, one youth leader, as everybody was packing up, he left early and invited the parents to collect their kids an hour earlier than they were due to arrive. And so he met with the parents and basically shared the spiritual highlights of the weekend, wow. gave them all these resources, said, Hey, yeah. this was a moment, this was a great moment. And, you know, this got you know, there's this content and this Bible verse and this point and blah 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 blah. Gave them the opportunity to ask questions and said, now now go. Uh, and and you know lead lead your young people and then it, it says in the book you know as a bonus because the parents were there an hour early when all the young people arrived he wasn't waiting around for a young person to be picked up um, which is the most frustrating thing when you're absolutely nothing yeah. at the end of a week <laughs> away and one person when you said on the coach on the way home everyone phone your parents and tell them we'll be there at two o'clock and there's always one young person that didn't do it yeah. and you're waiting there till three o'clock and you're knackered and all you want to do is go and have a mackies and go to bed right. <laughs> and so, and so find, finding those creative ways to share the story to share yeah. resource and equip parents and yeah and you know, you know i've got find, one finding new version plans as well to give to young people and say hey this that's what one thing i didn't say actually in advance of the the theme i would find a couple of u version plans 
So then I could recommend it and say, off the back of this weekend, you could do this plan for the next week that just reflects on the theme that we've been doing. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's a really good idea. And I've got one friend who who, who does uh, kind of what you're describing there. Just, just a really simple thing whereby um, he, he does it not just for the residentials, but throughout the year. He puts just together a little PDF, which just has what the themes are that they're doing in their youth sessions. Um, some of the key scriptures that they'll be talking about and some questions that they can ask their kids over the dinner, over the dinner table. Really like he, like he's really good with graphic design. So he does it in a way that looks really nice, but you don't have, like, you could put just an A4 PDF together like that, you know, in half an hour and just a little tool in the hands of your parents just to help them carry that on. So it's just something that I saw that I thought was really good. Andy, we're, we're, we're kind of running out of time, um, and there is just one more question that, that I want to ask you. But before I do, any final thoughts, anything that you just think is really important about residentials that you haven't yet had the chance to share? Um, I'm just looking at my notes to see if there is anything else that I, I haven't shared. I think, I think just I think be kind to yourself and know your capacity and know, know mm. your limits and know your team's limits um, and you know, leverage your strengths and, you know, I think our, our youth weekend this year will be different to what it's been in previous years um, and that's because we have scaled back the budget given um, the, the, you know, financial crisis is that we've said, hey, we cannot, we cannot charge what we were charging and so we've scaled, cut back on certain things to make it more affordable. Um, one thing I would say actually is on the affordability, we had a, a bursary fund that I looked to develop. Um, and so that was a, um, if you cannot afford to pay full price, please let me like, and we had an application form and all of that. And I had money in our budget that was granted by the elders that I could, I could give up to the cost of X amount mm. um, that would help young people who are perhaps from those poorer backgrounds and those backgrounds where they, they can't afford it. Or there was, you know, three or four kids in the youth ministry and it's, you know, it's remortgaging your house just to go to Limitless Festival. It was like helping families to afford it because I never want finance to be a barrier to hearing the gospel. Yeah. And so, you know, I would happily stand before my elders and say, you know, yes, the youth budget was £2,000 overspent. Here's where I spent that £2,000. and. You know, it was in making sure that these 10 young people could come to Limitless Festival. Yeah. But I'm pretty confident our eldership would be fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably just say, just get our approval beforehand. <laughs> but find, finding a way to do that. We were, we were at one point looking to do sponsorship events where we, wouldn't, where we would yeah. raise money for that bursary fund specifically um, or inviting people to give into that fund. Um, yeah, and, so, and so even finding like... a way to do that. Exactly that. And, and, I, and I've, you know, I've done special offerings before in, in like local church contests where I've taken my own people away and, and, you know, people are delighted to give to that. And sometimes, you know, I've even had people come, come up to me and we've done like sponsor a young person type of thing. I've had yeah. people come up to me and say, I would like to pay in full for a young person, you know, people like older folks, who've kids have grown up who aren't sending their own kids, but they want to pay for a, another kid who's, like not a Christian and like that maybe their parents don't want to pay for them and they've come and they've said I'll pay him you know so you know make make the big ask as well you never know yeah. and in terms of fundraising stuff um again I'll put a link 
in the show notes to that boring bits resource, which does have fundraising ideas. It has budget. It has a budget template in there. Uh, it has, you know, all of your kind of um, uh, risk assessments, your medical stuff. It has all of your consent forms. It has um, uh, ideas for your catering and example menu. It got all, all of that stuff in there. So, so have a look in the show notes, click on that is a resource that will really help you guys with, with your residentials. Andy, here's, here's my last question. You spoke right up front about how um, uh, what happens on these residentials is that they, they create memories for young people, memories that last a, a lifetime. I just want to ask you, have you got a memory from a residential, a weekend away, a summer festival, something that the Lord did in the life of, of one of your young people that, that stands out to you, whether it's from, you know, this summer's limitless festival or a, or a youth weekend away years back. Have you got a memory that stands out to you that you could share with us as we conclude? Gosh, I've got so many. I'm like sifting through. Going, yeah. Them. <laughs> um, I think there was, there was a year where there was a girl who um, had been coming for around about best part of 12 months to our to our Wednesday night youth group um, and had never made a commitment and um, in the build up to going away to the summer festival I was like I was like fasting and praying hard God get her do you know what I mean like, <laughs> uh, and, and just praying God would she would she meet you would she make that that decision um, and halfway through the week she still hadn't and i was like really wrestling with god and every like gospel response i was like come on come on come on and on the last night she did and it was like just just sheer it was it was like winning goal moment you know what I mean? yeah. Standing up, like, come on! <laughs> um, and, and yeah and i think i think the highlights for me particularly at, at festival are those those ministry time moments yeah. where um you know, you, you see your young people who you've asked all year to be quiet. You've asked them to stop, stop hitting that person with a pool cue and all that kind of stuff. And you just you see God meeting with them and you see God doing stuff for, you know, mm. this year, this year you had a word of knowledge for one of our young people who was in my small group for the last year. <laughs> and like, you know, the spirit of God's moving when she's in floods of tears, I'm like, you know, holding back the tears, just going, it's just a beautiful moment. And I think those moments of carnage and mess and, you know, the spirit of God at work is just like, yeah, this is, this is why I do it. It's not, it's not about me building a youth program or a great weekend away or anything. This is about the spirit of God moving. And so, mm. um, there's, yeah, I could, I could pick loads of those moments and, and pick out lots and lots of things, but you can't, you can't get better than young people meeting Jesus for the That's first it. time. It's the That's it. You know, young people making a decision to to, to follow Jesus is just well, it's the greatest miracle of all. You're not wrong. Absolutely. Andy, what what a what a perfect note to finish on. Thank you, Andy, so much for joining us for the third time on the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Oh mate, it's an absolute pleasure and I'll uh, I'll wait for my hat trick ball to arrive in the boat. <laughs> and uh, thank you to all of you guys listening. Thank you for everything that you do to pour out into the lives of young people. We know that youth ministry is not easy. Youth residentials are definitely not easy. It takes a lot of planning, a lot of preparation, a lot of hard work and not a lot of sleep. So I want to say to all of you who've done it, well done. And to all of you who are thinking about it, go for it because the impact the impact really really is significant on 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 their relationship with you 
on their relationship with one another and most importantly of all on their relationship with God and speaking of taking your young people away uh, why not take your young people away to Limitless One it's coming up on the 11th of February in eight locations across England Ireland Scotland and Wales to to have a look at the venues to to get your tickets booked go to limitlesselam.co.uk forward slash one again the link will be in the show notes for that but that's going to be a great evening of, of community and worship and, and teaching and ministry and again an opportunity to respond to the gospel we'd love it uh, if you and your young people could join us at one of those eight locations keep going don't give up guys what you are doing is so so important investing in the life of the next generation what are you going to give your life to that's more important than passing on the gospel to the next generation so thanks for that thanks for joining us today and we'll see you next time on the limitless leadership podcast